Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Hello, Masters in the Making. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And Terry's not here today, but I am, and I'm Sid Bennett. Hello, Sid. And yes, Terry is taking some time to deal with family matters. He's on the road today. In fact, I think he's probably listening in, so we better be good. (laughs) Okay. Now, we are today on part two of a series we've begun. It's a three-part series, very short unlike the last three months of what we've been doing. And uh, this is about the five steps of initiation with the masters. Today is part two, which is subtitled Friend and Brother. Now, last week we talked about the uh, the, the opening layer. You know, this is like going through school. This is the, the student is the beginning of this ladder um, who is sorting and sifting and studying, looking perhaps for a teacher, looking for some you know, very specific focus direction. Then the student graduates to be the chila of a master. This is a student-teacher, the chila-guru relationship. And it's a bit more personal. It's a bit more intense, and perhaps in some ways, as far as initiations are concerned. And after a course of, of this relationship, the next stage is the friend of the master. This is someone who becomes, in fact, a co-worker with the master. So that's kind of where we want to start today, talking about the friend. So let's kind of acknowledge first that the friend is a challenging level of this initiation but it's not the end it's the center yeah and i think that you know you understand that there's no timetable to these things you know and say well i've been on the path right. you know eight years is time i become your friend el moria um but it's the same thing with chila i mean it might be a decade before you're accepted as as a chila with a capital c or it could be three months you just don't know but um, and it's the same thing when you get progressed to the level of friend. And I was always fascinated by the scripture where it talks about Abraham. You know, it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was the friend of God. And I always thought yeah. about how do you be a friend to God? I mean, does God need friends? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, it turns out God does need friends. Yes, and. Um, you know, that, that's why he created us, so we wouldn't be alone in the universe, so to speak. So it's a concept that is different when we think about this all-powerful God and us, these puny little beings down here, you know. <laughs> and, and so it's, not, it, it's, a, it's a perspective that you have to understand because you just, as I said, you don't promote yourself. The master invites you to be his friend. Right. right. You know, last week we were talking about I thought a very interesting point, and it's kind of stayed with me, is that through our bond with an ascended master and assisting him through world service, we may actually be helping our master balance any karma that he may have remaining. It's true. We have one leg up on the masters, and that is we're in physical embodiment. And people can see us, they can feel us, they can hit us, whatever they want to do. Yeah. You know, The master can't do that. And so that's where those in embodiment that are the chilas or the friends of the masters can do things in the physical plane on behalf of the master. Now, a master like El Moria, obviously his personal karma is long since balanced. He ascended with 100% of his karma balance. But his chilas or, or people that are with him can make karma that he has to take or, you know, uh, sponsoring an organization that has karma and so forth. So the master, even after they're ascended, can get karma. 
And one way that we can help them is to do things that will help them to balance that karma. You know, it's interesting to think about the fact that they do take a risk with us. They do bear that burden. Well, they do. In in fact, when the the Summit Lighthouse was founded in 1958, El Moria had a, a jewel, a sapphire that he wore in his turban. That not only was a beautiful sapphire, but it was it was a symbol, and it was the manifestation of his attainment, and the light that he carries. And he had to, he went to the karmic board and the spiritual overseers and said, "I'd like to start this organization." They agreed, but they said, "Give us your sapphire as collateral." Now, why did they do this? Because wow. otherwise, if there was no risk associated, um, then of course everybody would do it because there necessarily the karma. The, the people of Earth didn't necessarily didn't have the karma that warranted another or ascended master organization. But Amori put up that cloud. And at one point, I forget when it was, he did get that back, that enough had been accomplished. So the masters are at risk too. And what they risk is the ability to help others. So for instance, if they help us or an organization and we don't and we misuse that lighter energy, then they have less to help other people. Do you think it would be appropriate to talk a little bit about the other attempts that Elmori has made to sponsor organizations like this? Because I know that in the past there was another, at least one that I know of. Yeah. I think the Bridge to Freedom. Exactly. Well, we know that St. Germain sponsored the I Am movement right? Um, with Godfrey Ray King and Lotus, both of which have ascended and introduced the Violet Flame. Later on, uh, Elmori sponsored a group called Bridge to Freedom. And unfortunately, that did not end well. And um, the messenger at that time was not able to, to hold her place. And so Amoria made karma with that. Yeah. Very intense karma. And so that's why when he went to sponsor the Summit Lighthouse a few years later, you know, he was required to put up his most prized possession. It was a certain amount of his attainment. Wow. And so it's not something that the master does, you know, without thinking about it. Nor is sponsoring us as individuals something they don't do lightheartedly because they are at risk. And yes... They're ascended, but they can lose enough light that, again, they can't help other people, which is their goal. You know, as we travel through the human veil, the, the human density, I think we want to caution anybody listening that don't be afraid of associating with a master because you may have karma. And you may, in fact, inadvertently create some karma for that master. They accept that risk. They accept that responsibility, don't they? They do. And once you get accepted as a, at the level of Chila... You know, if you make a mistake, they don't kick you out, so to speak. You know, they have committed themselves, right. and you've committed yourself, and so forth. And they know that people in the in the physical plane make mistakes. Some of them can be fairly major. But if the heart is pure, then you know you work to balance that yeah. karma and move on. But I think that what I'm what I'm getting at here is in, is trying to 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 bring forth an understanding that heaven works a lot differently than I thought it would work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what? God's got all the energy. Why are they worried about not having enough energy to do things? But it's understanding the law, which works on earth, even as in heaven. So we must value the light of God. It's precious, and we must honor it to gain more. And if we don't honor it, we lose that which we have. Right. You know, I've heard this said before in many ways. This is a paraphrase, but, well, God sees the problems. Why doesn't he just fix them? And, you know, what, we, what I'm referring to, of course, is karma. Yeah. That uh, the responsibility that we bear to balance our karma is not something that the masters can take on for us completely, but they can, at times, accelerate that balancing. They can, in fact, mitigate how much of it we get at one time. There's a lot of good and in this. They gave us the violet flames, so well, yes. obviously to balance that. But, you know, when God created his laws for the universe, he doesn't lightly go against them. And karma is karma. So... But he said there are ways to mitigate that and to deal with it. And in fact, when we get to the teaching about um, brother, 
maybe it's friend two, I forget, where sometimes a master will take that karma. I wouldn't bet on it, so to speak, <laughs> well, but sometimes there is a great mercy and so forth. We have our role, and we don't have to worry about the masters fulfilling theirs. They will fulfill it perfectly. Yeah. And um, But it, you could see what the door that is wide open. You know, it's not just I gave my heart to the Lord and I'm saved. You know, it's wow. Look at this. I In physical embodiment, I can do more than I ever thought possible. And the law is very explicit that we do bear our karma, uh, every jot and tittle, because that is God's energy that we have used, and we want to purify that energy before it goes back to God. And one of the things that is very much center to all of these stages of discipleship is self-mastery. And we talk about this often on our show, but really this is a process of getting inside and underneath our psychology, understanding what motivates us, what drives us, what moves us, what has compelled us to make certain decisions and how to maybe change those decisions. It's a process that requires us to be vigilant and careful. And But, you know, everything you do on this, in this world uh, takes effort, takes striving. And what, what is different in this equation is, you know, as you strive, as you balance karma, as you gain some mastery over a challenge that's faced you, not, maybe not for this lifetime, but other lifetimes, which, you know, may be a big deal for you and nothing for somebody else, but for you it is a big deal. You know, God is there. They will meet you more than halfway, but yeah. you have to make the effort to go there. And I think what I always share with people is come onto this path, you know, with the, don't have mismatched expectations. You know, that if you work for three months, God is going to raise you, you know, to the crown, to the realms of glory, so to speak. This is a process. It's a wonderful process, an exciting process, but it's the way home. And what else would we want to do? And when you see yeah. that, that there, the opportunity is unlimited, it's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. And um, not to counter what you just said, but to maybe add it to it in a different way, God will meet us halfway. If we are diligent, vigilant, if we really give ourselves in as much concerted effort as we can, we can say, God, you know, I'm doing my part now. I want please to you to... Do your part. And I don't know you have to remind God. I probably to do don't. That, but, he knows. but, you know, again, understanding that God has the right to test us. And then we'll get into a little later about the need for humility on this path, yeah. especially as you're progressing, lest you think it's you and not God that's doing these great things. So uh, it's all equation. You know, keep an open heart, love God, love the elementals, love God's creation, his presence in other people work and strive and you know you don't have to worry god will show you the way he'll lead you as you do as we said your part yeah. he'll take you well okay. and you know I, I, don't, I don't mean to come across in any negative way here you know one of the things that we want to remember is that we can't just simply say you know guru i'm with you now and you take over and which there's no time to relax in other words if we if we slack off too much the, the master might retreat might say, well, you know, I'm going to come back when you're really ready. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, understanding the equation of the guru-chiyo relationship is crucial because it's it may be different from what you think it should be. Okay, it's not a mental exercise. It's not mentally logical. You know, why is Zen Buddhism there? (laughs) So people can get out of their mental body or their mind and into their heart because that's the key to this path. Did I ever tell you about the uh, the bumper sticker that I developed many years ago? called Clap One Hand If You Love Buddha. <laughs> I got a lot of very interesting looks on the highway. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, just uh, kind of going back for a moment to part one of our series, but just as the eternal student is kind of a walking question mark, and I think I'm quoting 
Mrs. Prophet there, that the friend must practice constant vigilance to avoid the pitfalls of pride, of a sense of self. You know, so anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more after a break, so please stay with us. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. We're back, and the we is a bit different today because Terry Kennedy is not with us. He's off on a personal mission, and he'll be back next week, hopefully, or maybe the week after. But anyway, his uh, seat is vacant here, but we're more than able, I think, Sid and I, to handle this discussion, which today, or we are, aren't we? I hope so. <laughs> yes, I think so. Anyway, we're on part two of a three-part series on the five steps of initiation. That may be some confusing math here, but we did uh, student and Sheila in part one. Today in part two, we're talking about the friend and the brother. And, you know, when the Sheila reaches the point where the relationship with the master has engendered trust, the Sheila may become the friend of that master. And this is a very pivotal step and not without its dangers. Here's more. The third level, then, that is pivotal 
This is five levels, therefore three becomes the center. It does become the nine three axis. And we know that the nine three axis of the clock, the pitfall is always pride and the sense of self. This level is the level of the friend. The friend of the living word, the friend of the guru. Now as chilas, we should be friends. In other words, extend our friendship toward the master. We should not expect that the mantle of friend will come to us from that master simply because we have decided to befriend the master. We have to prove ourselves trustworthy and bring ourselves to a certain level. The definition of the friend, those counted as friend of the master enter by invitation. Jesus said, henceforth, I call you no more servants, but friends. You may wish to read John 15 today. This is into a relationship as companion and co-worker on the path of world salvation. The friend bears the cross as well as the burden of light of the master. He demonstrates the qualities of friendship as in the life of Abraham and other chilas who have risen to a level of understanding the very heart and the experience of the master. The chila provides comfort, consolation, advice, and support out of loyalty to both the purposes and the person of the master. We are called the friend when we have come to the realization by our intimate love of the master through our chilaship that the master needs friends, true friends, and that our friendship with the master cannot be traded for friendship with the world. And our desire for friendship from the world, for the world and from the world, must not be allowed to interfere with our sense of loyalty. When you think of yourself as first and foremost in all of your being as you consider what your identity is as the friend of Saint Germain, the friend of El Moria, what does a friend do for his friends? Well, one day, a long time ago, I realized that the friend calls daily for the binding of the false hierarchy imposter of that master that are taking away his chilas, that are blocking his efforts in world service on the planet to the nations. A friend is someone who defends his friend, sticks up for that friend when everyone else has abandoned him. A friend prefers oneness with his friend more than with all others. It is a very close bond which says, I am loyal to you, to the God within you, I support your soul in becoming that God. A friend of a master is someone who says, I'm here anytime you need me. Just call, I'm here, I'm your friend. So the way to get friends, as we all are told by our parents, as we teach our children, is to be a friend. If we will be a friend, then we will be called a friend by the master. Not because one fine day, we go up and knock on his door and say, I want to be your friend, but because for years and centuries we have proven and that when the master is down, when he's weary, when he needs someone, we are there because we sense it, because we are sensitive to the needs of our master.
Now the friendship that is incorrect is the friendship that takes advantage of an association, an association of Master Chila, where the Chila presumes upon the Master that the Master should do this and this and this and this for him. He doesn't see himself in the role of servant. He sees himself in the role of being served by the Guru and by the Master. He assumes a familiarity, an intimacy, a first-name basis that he has not been accorded. And in that familiarity, if he is not ready for that closeness, we find that the truism does come true, that familiarity breeds contempt. It's like getting too close to the carved faces at Mount Rushmore or to the statue of the Goddess of Liberty. Some things can be beheld with a sense of sacredness at a distance. When we get too close, we simply find either flesh and blood or stone or something that says to us, this cannot be a true guru, this cannot be a true master. So until one has been delivered of the idolatry of self, placing oneself on a pedestal, denying uh, one's not-self, one cannot have true love for the master that would enable him to come into that inner circle of friendship. So there is a lot to overcome as a chila. The slaying of that dweller, the idolatrous self that wants to worship and gain through worship a new level and a higher place in the kingdom of God through worship instead of embodying the word and the work. And hence we come to the idolatrous cult that surrounds even Jesus Christ. I have worshipped you all my life. You have to take me into the kingdom. I told you that story where I was somehow led late one night in Pasadena uh, to go into an Italian restaurant. And I sat down to eat and the table next door were four uh, Protestant ministers. And they were discussing the point where if they obeyed all the rules of God all their lives, they said, then God has to take me into the kingdom. I listened on, and this went on for at least an hour and a half, as they were discussing this whole process. And their whole theology was based on fear and the rigidity of the false chila who says, if I follow this set of rules, God, that you've laid down for me, then you have to save me. And God doesn't have to save anybody that he doesn't want to. And that's a very frightening thought to those who are told every day of their lives, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And unfortunately, when they get to the real Jesus Christ, they find out they've got to go back and re-embody take it over. This is a very deadly idea, but people have it. And people who have left this organization and left it in such a sense of revenge as to take revenge against me are those who say, I've worked all this time. I've done everything you've told me to do. Why will you not give me the kingdom? Why will you not initiate me so that I can have instantly the consciousness of God? These people many times have very little threefold flame or none. All they can do is function robotically and they are bound and determined by their hatred of self and their hatred of guru that they will do this thing 
And then in the process, they so hate themselves that they put themselves through the worst austerities. And so they appear to everyone else as though they are the, the greatest chila around because they are constantly doing all these things. Now there are great Christed ones who do the same, so beware. This is not easy to discern. But when you see someone doing this who has absolutely no light in the aura, in the face, in the chakra, or in the eyes, you understand that by hook or by crook, they're going to work their way or buy their way into the kingdom. And one fine day, the body itself won't even work any longer. And this they blame on the guru. And all of their failures are blamed on the guru or blamed on me, the messenger. You didn't make it happen, and I did every single thing you told me to do. You did everything I told you to do except to stop hating your neighbor, to stop your subconscious anger. You never cast out the dweller. You never bound it. You wanted your dweller to march into the kingdom and be crowned king of kings and lord of lords above all your peers. You have done all these things. You have looked down upon others. You have set yourself up as a standard bearer when you have not had the true standard of divine love. And ultimately, you have criticized and condemned not only your peers, but the messenger and the masters as well, if you could. That's the mark of the false chila who dashes forward to become the friend of the master before he has bent the knee at Luxor as Jesus did and said, give me the first steps. This is a very tragic and difficult situation. The friend then is one who has slain that dweller sufficiently that whatever is left of that dweller is bound in chains in that electronic belt and is not about to get out of those chains and come raging again. He may not have finished balancing his karma by any means. He may not have conquered all things in himself. He may have human foibles and faults. But there is a true stream within him. He is the friend of God, come what may. He does his best. He may make mistakes. But his heart is pure and purely stayed on that one with such love, such right love of service instead of idolatry, that the master takes him as friend. And so it says that God loved Abraham and he imputed not his sin to him, which means the guru who sponsored Abraham, who was Sanat Kumara, took to himself the karma of Abraham and raised up Abraham for his calling. That is a very wondrous statement. And yet that very statement has produced the false concept of favoritism in the guru-chila relationship. Abraham was a friend to God first. God called him friend second and took his karma, imputed not his sin to him. A guru has a right to take on the karma of a good chila if he so choose. That is his right. It is not the chila's privilege. If we get over the idea of being privileged or favorite sons, we will lock into a path that will be worthy of our moria. A very wise caution. So, you know, at all stages and steps on the path, we cannot escape our karma. So don't blame the guru. Back in a moment.
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back, manning the... uh Studio table today is myself and uh, Sid Bennett, and uh, Terry Kennedy is off doing something else, which is perfectly fine. We hope he's listening. Hi, Terry, if you're listening. And uh, we're talking about the five steps of initiation with a master. We began that discussion last week with the student level and the chila level. Today, we're talking about friend and brother. And before we shift our focus to the next stage, which is the brother, uh, we thought we'd look again at what a friend does for a friend. In particular, sharing karma and accelerating its trans- transmutation. And one of the things that really struck me was that we'd like to be on a first-name basis with the masters, but we want to keep an appropriate distance so we avoid idolatry. Exactly right. And uh, idolatry of the master, sometimes idolatry of ourselves. Yeah. Look at me. I'm I'm the friend of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and it, it, it's perspective. And, you know, there there is a... 
a certain protocol, if you will, even as, like for example, a, someone that's a head of government, you know, or the president of the United States, Mr. President, you know, it's not, you don't call him by the first name, so to speak. Mm. And so it's, it's the appropriate role that you place yourself in with the master. I mean, if you become the friend of Jesus, that doesn't mean you have the same attainment as Jesus unless he gives you his, so to speak. Right. And so you, you keep perspective on this and understanding. And it's just, it's honoring the light of God that's within them. And so if you can keep that in mind, um, then it, it helps to keep that relationship in balance. And there, yeah, balance I think is a perfect word because there's a certain degree of fervor and conviction balanced with whatever the process is that you're personally involved in to get through your karma and to learn your test and to pass your tests and learn what you have to learn to go further up on the ladder. Exactly. And I think if, if I may, you know, in terms of this balance, we talk a lot about our Christ self and our human self. And in this previous session you just heard, Mrs. Prophet talked a lot about the dweller on the threshold. Oh, and we, yeah. We have reviewed that. For those who aren't familiar with that term, it's our human creation, so to speak. It's the sorcerer's apprentice. We have taken God's energy, pure and wonderful, and misqualified it in ways through anger, resentment, hatred, anything negative that we put it. And we actually create a personality, if you will, that it encompasses this negative energy. That's called the dweller threshold. It's not of God. It's a human creation. But it's very powerful. It doesn't want to go away. It wants to be in charge of your life stream. And a lot of people, they have allowed the dweller threshold to be in charge. You can see by their actions. So we want to get rid of that dweller. God has given us the tools because it can be more powerful than us. We just can't wave it away because we created it. So we work with God to get away with rid of that and understanding that the, the dweller the threshold is never going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's our Christ self and merging with our Christ self and our soul that can, that can become that Christ and inherit the kingdom of God. So understanding which is which is really important on the path. And one of the key things about the dweller is it's arrogant, it's prideful. Yes. Because that's, it has nothing of God, so it has to be that way in a sense, or it is that way. Whereas the, the, the true <laughs> servant, the true friend, the true chila of a master is very humble. And realizing that God is the doer. God gives us the energy to do things. God working through me does these wonderful things. To God be the glory. You know, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about my guru. It's about my teacher. And as you feel that presence within you of your holy Christ self up to that devotion and love, you become a different person. You're still you, but you're no longer under control of this human consciousness that that does not want i call it the spoiler it spoiled every good thing that's ever happened to you and it wants to continue to spoil them exactly so you want to get rid of that and you know you lose yourself in love and service and you don't worry about well what am i going to get out of this you worry how can i help others how can i help the master and it's a key to progress and so keeping that balance on the path is really important you know, there are two things I'm minded of as I'm listening to what you're saying. And one of them is the quote from Mrs. Prophet's lecture that we heard last week, which was the, the dweller is more powerful than the soul giving birth to itself. Number one, I think that we have to bear in mind that it is the cumulative or the collective consciousness of all our ill deeds. Yeah. So it has power. It has momentum, actually. So the relationship that we have forged with the master as student, as chila, as friend, as brother, is to give us the strength and the and the the companion there at that level whose momentum we can rely on to help us get through that, achieve self-mastery, slay the dweller. And the guru is the enemy of the dweller. Mrs. Prophet used to say, 
where he says, I love you, but I'm the enemy of your dweller. Because your dweller is what will keep you from making progress on the path. What makes you get angry if everything doesn't go the way you think it should be, you know? And I can tell you, I've had preconceptions over the years of what I think the master should be doing at a particular time. And I've learned (laughs) that they aren't always correct. Let's put it that way. But when you come in love and humility and surrender and trust, you know, it's, we've talked about this. What a, wonderful feeling to trust God, to trust the master. It doesn't mean your problems go away, but you know that as you work and strive, if you're bearing something that's hard to bear, it's because you need to bear it. Well, and, and as Mrs. Prophet said, what do friends do for friends? They're there, to, they're, they're there when, when you call. They speak up for you when need be. I mean, your friend is an ally that you can depend upon. There's trust, there's conviction, there's whatever you need, basically, to get yourself past this test of the slaying the dweller on the threshold and achieving self-mastery. Well, that's true, because you need that to do that. But the masters will not deny you your initiation. So in other words, they won't do it for you. They'll help you as we invoke the things. But they would not. And Mother Mary said, you know, I would not pass your test for you if I could, because I would not deny you the joy of your victory. Amen. Well, the next step on the upward path is the level of brother or sister of the master. Here's more. The fourth step after friend is brother. The degree of brother is the level where the oneness of the Guru Chila Alpha Omega relationship is complete through the horizontal figure eight exchange heart to heart. The Guru has actually made his disciple a part of his own flesh and blood and offered to him the full momentum of his attainment and portions of his mantle and authority in preparation for the master's ascension and the disciples assuming of the part or the whole of the master's office. This is the love relationship exemplified between Jesus and John and perhaps his own flesh and blood brother or cousin, James. The same thing is true of Elijah and Elisha, the most touching love relationship of a guru and Sheila. As Elijah loves Elisha so much that he does not want to take his leave in his presence, The parting is too painful. And Elisha says, I will not leave you. Wherever you are, I will be. I am going there. So he keeps on following him. And Elijah finally says, if you see me when I am parted from you, you will receive a double portion of my spirit. The devotion is so great that immediately the mantle falling upon Elisha makes Elisha the prophet in Israel. And he parts the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan. That didn't come in a moment by favoritism. It came of this intimate relationship that had gone on for years in the diligent taking of the path of initiation by Elisha, Saint Isa, our own beloved Jesus, who was in a Guru Chila relationship to John the Baptist, who was Elijah. So Elijah come again was John the Baptist and Jesus, of course, acknowledged him and said there was no greater born of woman than John the Baptist, his guru, his friend, his brother. This is a very wondrous moment to sense oneself in this relationship to an ascended master. I I think this is just amazing. I mean, there's only two minutes to that brief excerpt, but yet it covers a very important 
part of this whole path, which is the levels of intimacy that we gain with a master. It's profound. Oh, and it gives us access to their momentum, their attainment, their mantle, their authority. I mean, that is an awesome experience. You know, I, I observed and obviously knew Mrs. Prophet in terms of her work for a long time. Yes. And what I observed in her was she was always on call for the master, 24 hours a day. Whatever the master asked her to do, she did because of her devotion and her love. And, of course, it, it's interesting, but what I love about the path is when you serve others, you're, in essence, serving yourself because you're not only balancing karma, but you're building up light and, and the good works in heaven, so to speak, that give you that light and energy to continue to help others and grow. So you're not giving up yourself by any sense of the word. But you're allowing yourself to share that most profound love. In fact, they say it's the greatest love in the universe, even more than twin flames, is the love between the guru and the chila. I didn't know that. Yes. And when you have that relationship, you know, the thought of self really disappears. Hmm. You know, you want to be of service to the one you love so much. And, you know, not having been in that relationship myself, I can't necessarily understand it but i've been in enough of these relationships in terms of loving and giving and sharing and and so forth that you understand how profound it is the old the concept of band of brothers those that fight together in a war so to speak there's a bond unlike others that is built there and and sure women and things they do together and so forth so it's a it's a wonderful prospect you know this is about love it's not about who you know position power you know, am I going to sit on the right hand or the left hand of the master? You know, <laughs> the love becomes so so fulfilling in your soul, you desire nothing else. Mother Teresa was a perfect example of that. The love became, it, it displaced every other human desire she had in her being. She was free because oh. she had that love. And that's the relationship we can have with the guru. And, you know, um, there used to be a song many years ago, or there was a song many years ago, and it used to be, it was... It was <laughs> By the forgive me for saying the mamas and the papas, but you know, um, it's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, unrequited love's a bore. In other words, if it's just a one-way street, it doesn't mean anything. But when you have a love with the master and you are able to position yourself in increments, that master will give himself to. He won't give all at once because you're not ready for it necessarily. Yeah. But as you become ready, and you know, everything else changes. Your perspective on life changes. You want to serve, you want to give, because you have become that love of the master. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> fulfilling. It is so joyous. But we got to take that next step to get there. Well, and I think what you're alluding to, of course, is the joy of being consumed by love. Yeah. You're just immersed it's very poignant, very beautiful, and um, the other side of that too is that there, uh, when you when you have to be vigilant to preserve the source of that love or preserve the relationship you have with the source of that love, you're still going to have to deal with your human stuff on the, along the way. And so, that's why we need mastery. Exactly, as you pointed out a while ago, Tom. If we don't have mastery, we certainly wouldn't want to lose the master's light in a fit of anger. And so forth. as Mr. Prophet said, you don't have to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect on this plane, no matter what. But you want to strive and work to be at that position of the greatest service to your guru, to God. Indeed. And, well, let's take a short break now. Uh, we're going to come back for our final segment in just a moment. And we're going to wrap up this series uh, next week with the fifth and final step on the path, the initiative path of mastery, which is Christhood. More on that in a moment. Please stay with us.
success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Well, I'm, I'm going to hope that you can hear me clearly right now because we're having a bit of uh, distortion in our headphones. But uh, trusting in the uh, miracle of technology, we're just going to plow ahead here. Um, In the last segment, we discussed becoming a brother to a master, and previous to that, friend, previous to that, Sheila, starting with with student. And one of the things that came out is just the uh, comment at the very end of last segment was how awesome it is to be in a relationship with a master where you become one with that master and you surrender yourself to love. And I would suggest that when you're looking at that process, any place where there might be fear or resistance is a good place to see where you might not be willing to give your entire self or soul to that master in that spirit of surrendering to love. Well, exactly. You have to understand what you're doing. The masters, again, number one is free will. They are not going to take you any place you do not want to go. <laughs> yes. Okay. So if you want to sit and That's watch comforting. A, yeah, if you want a football game Sunday afternoon, like some people are want to do, like me, um, that's fine. You know, you, you have free will. You're not, you don't become a robot, you know, in control mm-hmm. of the master. You become an instrument of greater light. And so fear not, you know, where this is taking you. Because, you know, I, most people, if you ask them, have you ever had an experience in your life where you felt incredible joy? Is it just unlike anything else, you know? Yeah. And it's got to be a spiritual thing. And almost everybody I've ever talked to, yes, I've had those moments. And they're almost like God gives you teasers. You know, this is what life can be like mm-hmm. if if you continue to go. But he's not going to take you any place you don't want to go. He's very patient, obviously, with us. And, you know, I think about the story in the Bible where the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And, and he she felt healed. It, yes. She was healed. Mm-hmm. And so why not touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, our master, and see what it's like, see what the light is like, and why this is such a glorious experience. And and why it becomes, you know, the goal of our lives to, to, to be of service, to love, to give, because it's a greater presence of God within you. And you don't lose who you are. You're still yeah. who you are. You I are. want to make sure that's very clear. You're not a robot in control of any masters or of God, but you're allowing that light to be part of you. And it's a gain of mastery. So, and one day, after you're an ascended master, you're going to need to take Sheila's on. 
And so oh, you yeah. need to understand how that works. <laughs> and from what I understand, it's not always, from the master's point of view, it's not always uh, easy, so to speak, because of, <laughs> of people's striving and so forth. But this is part of the progression of God. And it goes back, do you want God or do you want the world? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of want both, actually. Well, that's fine for now. But if you really want God, then you're going to say, you know, I want God more than I want whatever this is that you're going to get. Chocolate. Up chocolate or <laughs> hey wait a minute or you know I, I don't have to have a beer every day when I get home you right. know I, I want God more than the beer so to speak and you know God don't do it because you have to do it do it because the love compels you to do it exactly because that's the only way it's going to stick and God will meet us where we are you know this is not a list of do's and don'ts right it, you know if you want the love then what am I going to do to get greater love in my relationship with God or with a master or with my savior Gautama Buddha you know, I've got, he's not going to change for my sake. He's not going to lower his vibration, so to speak. I need to raise my vibration. So, and there's ways to do that. And when you're ready to do it, you'll do it. It's as simple as that. How strong is your desire to know and experience God? How strong is your desire that says, you know, I've had it with this world. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you understand how many thousands of embodiments have everything there is to do on this planet, you've done it. You, you know, know? And, and one of the traps that we all encounter is this worthiness issue. We don't feel that in this moment we're not worthy enough to be loved by God, but we're going to work on it. And we are worthy to be loved by God now. And you remember the show we did some months back where one of the statements that came out of Mrs. Prophet's lectures was, Jesus is loved by God, of course. But do you know that you're loved by God in the same way? That God loves you the way he loves Jesus? You know, I, I've read a fascinating <laughs> teaching yesterday or the day before. The Divine Mother, you know, there's a mm. mother aspect of God, does not, is unable to comprehend our sins. In other words, all the Divine Mother sees is the perfection within us. Oh. <laughs> so she doesn't even know about your sins, so to speak, you know. And and so you're loved. But, you know, it's it becomes... You know, Lord, I am worthy. Make me worthier still. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of putting on your Christhood. There's work to do, you know. You got to get rid of this debris that's sort of blocking your path, so to speak. Got to get that bulldozer and either burn it up with a violet flame or move it out of the way, whatever it takes. So it's it's that co-measurement, Tom, of understanding, yeah, I've got karma. Yeah, I've got this dwelling on the threshold that's a spoiler. It ruins everything in my life that I love and like. Um, but I also have the light of God within my heart. I have a soul that has the potential to become immortal because of my Christ self and merging with my Christ self. I have an advocate in my Christ self, in Jesus. And next week we'll talk about putting on your Christhood. It's the reality. It's there. It's an equation of light and darkness, and we can do it. Yeah. So you, you see your life differently. You see who you are differently. You see what you do every day matters, even if you're going to a mundane job. You know, or, or, or do things that on the surface don't seem that exciting. You know who you are. You know God's going to bring you opportunity to pass tests, to get closer and closer. And so this is why the saints, you know, as they get closer to God, they have some pretty rough things happen to them sometimes. They didn't have the violet flame. <laughs> and, and yet they love God. You know, they don't even, they're not worried about that, you know. They're worried about being who they really want to be, which is a portion of that Christ, a portion of the guru, although they might phrase it like that. Yeah. And that happens to us too. It's what do you want? What do you really want out of life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I think as we get near the close of today's show, 
Um, one is probably make a point about the fact that while the dweller on the threshold seems a pretty scary concept and there's a lot of power inherent in that collective consciousness of our ill deeds, that, that we have a greater power to overcome that dweller and we all, our encounter with the dweller is inevitable. Don't be afraid of it. Prepare for it. Use the tools at hand like the violet flame to approach this moment when you will overcome and have your victory. And, and you know, start with the little things, you yeah. know. Try not to lose your harmony, you know. Um, irritation, you know. I mean, that's a you, There oh, yeah. are lots of opportunities to overcome irritation every single day of our lives, you yes, know. Yes, there are. And so work on that. That's that's kind of fun, you know, and the little things. And again, God helps you. It's The, the guru-chula relationship is, is a relationship. It's not one way. And so if we want to receive from the master, we give and so forth. It's, it's, it's like anything else. you got to understand the rules of the game. Once you understand that, then you can strive because they aren't inherently um, logical, so to speak. It's right. not a mental exercise that we shared <clears throat> earlier. It's from the heart. And so be open to God, open to learning, open to growing, open to stumbling and falling down as long as you're willing to get up again. And at every step on this path, you are totally able, willing, and encouraged to request divine intercession. Yeah. <laughs> people don't even know to ask yeah you know and that's what we've talked about archangel michael you want protection for yourself and your family guess what ask, ask archangel michael for your protection when you're in the car or whatever you're doing and so forth and um you know this we live near yellowstone and there's been talk about the yellowstone caldera <laughs> erupting and ending life as we know it on this planet you yeah. know it's kind of a sobering thought and my daughter brought it up and i said you know i don't god didn't place us here to have the caldera blow up, you know? And and I, I just, I do trust God. We're prudent, we use common sense, but it's 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 wonderful not to live in fear all the time. Yeah. Well, indeed it's not, and I guess that's that's part of the underpinning for the momentum behind initiation. So when we're willing to do the study that we need to do, to apply what we've learned, to take initiations, to accept our testing, to recognize that we have karma that has to be balanced, we can get to that place, and we're all going to get there then it doesn't mean it's smooth sailing, but it does take us to an inevitable reunion with the heart of God through, as we're going to talk about next week, Christhood, so that we start this ladder with, again, the student, moving through the Chila, Guru-Chila relationship, the friend, and all of that, that entails the brother and the intimacy that is inherent there, and finally, the oneness, and, Christhood. And you have made a lot of good decisions in your lifetime, or you wouldn't be where you are right today. Yeah. But you, we do need to understand, if we aren't, totally happy with where we're at we can change that and that's god's given us free will you can do it or not do it it's really up to you yeah and if you're willing to do it the masters will be there and meet you where you're at and work with you and i, I just love that i do you know? too it's, it's exciting it's you know what it does it fills me with hope amen i couldn't say it better well uh terry wh what can we do to have people get a hold of us <laughs> terry <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Web radio at tsl.org. That's very good. We love your questions. Yes. We'll endeavor to answer them. So let us know what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, and what you'd like us to cover even. Indeed. And uh, we're always open to those ideas, and we will respond as long as you're civil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we like to say all the time, and we really mean this in no facetious manner whatsoever because it's really true, though the upward path may be difficult at times, the rewards are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.